0: To the end zone, it's a touchdown! Tanner Manga finds Matt Bushman in stride. Yo on the arc shoots a three and scores it. The only Childs for three, shot and goal by Lizzie Brady. This is behind the mic with Greg Rubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And now here's Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar Nation, and a warm welcome to you as we broadcast live from inside Studio 2 at the BYU Broadcasting Building on the beautiful BYU campus in Provo, Utah, for another edition of Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, our weekly hour of Cougar conversations with BYU sports personalities past and present. We are live tonight on BYU Radio, coast to coast via satellite on Sirius XM 143, and for the first time ever for us... The show is being heard live on 107.9 FM, up and down the Wasatch Front. So if you are tuned in on our new FM signal, it's great to have you along. We remain on 89.1 FM HD2 in northern Utah as well. You can also catch us live on byuradio.org and the BYU Radio app and on demand via the Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel podcast or on our show page on the archives at byuradio.org. Whether live or later, it is good to have you with us and hope you enjoy tonight's show. This evening on Behind the Mic, it's all about the front five, the offensive line. And my guests this evening are two of the best ever to play at that spot for BYU in the trenches. Both guys started every game they played at BYU and both ended up playing for many years in the National Football League. My first guest will be former freshman All-American and all-conference lineman Dallas Reynolds. And he will be followed by another former freshman All-American and later Football News first-team All-American and all-conference standout as well as a first-round NFL draft pick, John Tate. We'll catch up with John in our Catching Up with the Cougars segment, brought to you by BYU Alumni. We start, though, with the son of a former BYU player who later became a longtime BYU coach. He played with two of his three brothers who would eventually all suit up for the Cougars, all of them playing on the offensive line. He is Dallas Reynolds, an All-State performer at Timpview High School, who would go on to start all 51 games that BYU played over his four seasons that followed a church mission to Seattle. Following his BYU career, he launched an NFL career that began as an undrafted free agent and lasted for seven seasons with two teams. He is now back at BYU his second season now serving as a graduate assistant coach working with the offensive line and the offense in general Dallas Reynolds thank you for joining me tonight behind the mic
1: thank you so much for having me
0: well you know this is kind of one of those uh, up close and personal shows where you learn about uh, people's lives and careers but let's go current events for a minute to start things out and uh the weekend win at Wisconsin
1: oh man it was awesome um a lot of confidence going into the game just knew that if if we did what we needed to do and executed well and stuck to the game plan you know you just you 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 feel confident that things will turn out in your favor and there were some close calls and a nail biter at the end but you know it turned out and man everyone was pumped it was it was fun um to see the coaches and the players just out of their minds crazy excited about the win
0: in chatting with Kalani before the game, as we do every week, confidence was kind of the theme I took from it, and it didn 't feel like a, like a lip service trying to you know pump the guys up kind of thing. It just felt real
1: oh yeah and i think I think there was there was a a, a real confidence in and a belief in that if we did what we needed to do and not worry about the opponent and not worry about um, what they do or what they 're going to do or if we just focus on what we could do uh, and, and I think there was a true confidence about going into the game that we could do and stick to the game plan. We could do, we could have some success.
0: And what goes into that? Because you didn't come in rolling, you came in off a really tough loss one week before.
1: Yeah, I, I think there was some lessons learned and, um, you know, and and I think looking at it now um, that there was it, was, it was humbling. You know, you, you come off a big win in, on your first week and you're excited and things and then things don't go well the second week and you come back down. And now you're back up again, and and so I think it's it's a good lesson to be learned that you just got to stick, you you got to execute every single week, and um, you got to play well every single week, and you can't have big setbacks, and and uh, and so it was I think it was a, a confirmation that if if you if you play consistent uh, every week, then then you'll see success.
0: How much did what happened in week two have to do with what happened in week three?
1: Do you think? I, I think. I think individually, um, you know, looking back at for me personally as a player, when, when there's losses, there's, there's things that you can take. You know, there's, there's always mistakes. There's always things, even in the victories, there's always things you can learn. But I think, I think especially now after the win at Wisconsin, I think there's, there's a true confidence in um, that if we do what's uh, – if we stick to the game plan, we execute, um, we do what's asked, you know, you don't, you don't have to go above and beyond um, your role. But if you stick to your role and do your, do your job, then then things will work out.
0: Wisconsin came in with a well deserved reputation. Uh, no non conference team had beaten them there in fifteen years. They hadn't lost a regular season game uh, in twenty one games. Um, they don't lose to unranked teams generally speaking. There were a lot of things that 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 make Wisconsin a formidable foe, and they're just known for physical play as much as any team in the country. Getting done what you got done this past weekend does that give the team kind of a baseline for here's how good we can be moving
1: forward? I hope so. Um, I love I love the way that Wisconsin plays. Um, they 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 do a great job and they stick to their game. They don't um, they don't get in a hurry. They don't get in a rush. They just stick to their plan. and And I think we did a good job that way um, last week. And so yeah, of, of course I hope I hope it gives everybody confidence. That, that we can beat anybody. And I think in college football, anybody can beat anybody. And um, But I think, I think there's some big lessons to be learned.
0: We're going to, in the next segment, kind of bring it current to what you're doing right now. But before we leave the Wisconsin game, I want to focus on the position group that you uh, focus most closely on. And we'll talk about how you're working with them later. But uh, the O-line, uh, their performance in Madison, what would you say
1: about it? Uh, I think they, they did a great job um there's there's always things like i said there's always things you can improve on technique you can get better at um assignments that can be more sound but i think they did a good a good job they were confident going into the game they had confidence in the game plan they had confidence in themselves um and they 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 went and played hard and then that's this group will never um not give you their all you know they they have great effort they play hard they play physical and they played fast and i think I think kudos to them for being able to do that, and um, you know, I think it played a, played a role with the offense and with the team.
0: Okay, looking back uh, on your life, when did you first get a sense that you were living in a football family?
1: Oh man, since I f- can first remember, um, I just remember growing up around the team, um, players at the house all the time, um, coming to the games as a little kid, and, and getting into the locker room and trying to get gloves at the. I, I just I can remember it from. From when i was little you know and coach Satake, and um you know there's a lot of there's some players on the staff now that i remember as a little kid and (laughs) and uh so i think i think from all from the beginning i i wanted to play and um had dreams of playing and and so i think i think from the very beginning
0: your dad, Lance, was a BYU player, a BYU GA. Came back and was a longtime BYU coach. Everyone knows quite well uh, Lance Senior and, and his story. And as closely tied to Lance is Lavelle. Dad's always going to have a, a singular role in your life, but Lavelle was kind of right there the whole time, wasn't he? In part, mm-hmm. in, in terms of your family,
1: mm-hmm. he was very close. And I remember um, Dad going to his house and and seeing Lavelle uh, around the offices and and. Uh, around the house and at bowl games and, and, you know, I was young, um, but I, I remember him still and, you know, there was, and dad always talks about him, always has quotes, always has stories. You know, pops is a big story guy and so he's always, he's always got stories and things to tell you and teach you by, um, examples that, that Lavelle had.
0: How much of Lavelle's influence on your father has trickled down to you and, and, and maybe some of your, would be coaching style?
1: Um I I think a lot. Um I not I know dad really loved him and um and so I think he he took on a lot of traits. Um of course he stuck to himself and and became his own his own coach in a way, but I think right. there was a lot of, of traits that, that carried over. Um and I, I you know I, I hope that I can have a lot of those traits and carry some of those traits over as as well as, you know, have my own style in my own way and And trying to take on um, some of Pops and some of Lavelle and some of Coach Grimes and Coach Pugh and and, you know there's a great staff to pull different things from and knowledge and and so um, but in the end you know you hope you have you yourself and your own coach and but man if I if I can have some of those traits and qualities that my my dad and coach Lavelle and, and those guys had then then that's all I could ask for.
0: This is my second year of this show and over the last year and a half I've interviewed a lot of former BYU players And a lot of them inevitably have brought up your dad, uh, especially when it comes to either the recruiting process or just the the guidance uh, that that they would require during a four-year college career. Uh, Your dad comes up in the same way a lot of times in terms of just how steady and solid and helpful he was to so many different kinds of players, even those who may not have been his position guys. Um, The personal relationship side of coaching, uh, could you observe that? through your father and what was maybe special about his touch that way
1: Uh, i think he was real you know I, i think in in his recruiting he was truthful um whether it be you know playing time or contribution or you know if a player or a recruit felt like he wanted to needed to go somewhere else i think he was um he never pressured people to feel like they needed to come to byu but um I think he expressed truthfully how he felt and how um you know I've, I've talked to some of the players that played for my dad and it was always they they felt his um his true love for them as an individual and as a player and and it was never um like I said there was never pressure for um being here pressure to how they how they performed I think he I think as a player they could truly feel his um, true concern and, and love for them as an individual.
0: I still see Lance Sr. around from time to time. Uh, how's he doing these days?
1: He's doing great. Um, he hangs out. He, he has a place that he goes to, a little vacation spot that he goes to a bunch. And, and I got a couple brothers that are at Orem High School. And so he kind of roams over there and gets his football in over there. And then we, he comes over here here and there. And so he stays around the game. I think I don't think he'll ever leave it completely. I think he's got to get his little fix in and and stay around the game.
0: How often do you still talk football, even X's and O stuff?
1: Oh man, every, every day you you call him and he jumps on the phone and it's, <laughs> he's telling you what he saw and what happened here. And, and, uh, you know, he's making phone calls to brothers, you know, they, they played, Oren played out in California and he's making phone calls, you know, trying to get a hold of them and talk to them. So he's, he's, he's a junkie that way. He'll, he'll talk to you with Sunday night dinners is still, you know, he's, he's not coaching and we're not playing anymore, but it's still talking about uh about the game.
0: Does he still have the ear of some people with the program currently?
1: You know, I think um he he talks to people and and um you know, I I feel like he uh he he he's always he's always willing to give um his opinion and his viewpoints and I think um like I said he's got stories and things that he could talk to you so when you bring up something he he'll, he'll be able to talk and and share his uh but one thing again, I love about what he does is he is, he's is truthful he's honest uh, he doesn't beat around the bush and he'll he'll tell you his his true opinion and and that's one thing that I love and respect.
0: The Reynolds family is as closely tied to BYU football as any of the cougars have ever had. besides yourself, three other brothers played at B y u one of the cool things is you got to play with. Two of them over different spans of time, right? Because you got yeah. to be, you got to be with both Lance Jr. Mm-hmm. and Matt. Houston came later after, yeah. after you were done, just after you were done. But at different times, you got to play alongside brothers.
1: Oh yeah, L- loved my experience, and that was a huge part about being here. Was was pops was here as a coach, and um, you know Lance, my older brother, was here on the offensive line. We played right next to each other, and Coach Grimes was our offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, had an incredible year that year, and then Matt came in, and we played, we played together that year, and. Um missed Houston, but um, got to play with Matt a little bit, too, um, a few years later. But, man, it was, it was an incredible experience to be here and play with brothers and, and uh, to win a lot of games.
0: One of the most interesting things about your playing career is that you did it all on the offensive line. Freshman year, left guard. Sophomore year, both tackle spots. Junior year, specializing left tackle. And then senior year, center. So you really did it all for people who think, well, a lineman's a lineman. Specializing is uh, is part of that uh, of that position. How did you kind of manage the year to year transition to different spots on the line?
1: Um, I think it was. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was difficult. I mean, there, there's there's learning. There's different techniques to the different positions, but um, I had great I had great coaches and, and a father that was always there to, to help in the backyard and. Hmm. Um, but you know going from guard to tackle to to center there's i will say it, it helps you understand the offense a lot uh uh in greater detail um but i think it also helped me um i think it helped me in the long run to be able to um play and show that i i could play at those different spots and um and i think that that's valuable um in some of the nfl players you know coaches eyes and things like that so i think it helped me that way but you know, truthfully, I, I've wondered sometimes if if you play one spot for four years, you know, how how good could you have gotten at that spot, specialized at that spot, like you were saying. But, you know, I, I wouldn't change I wouldn't change anything looking back at it. I loved playing at those spots. Um, I learned a lot at each each one, and and loved just being being able to contribute to the team. What did uh, work in the backyard look like? Oh, they have a, they have a little sport court in the backyard. So there's a little cement cement piece. So you'd have we'd have a little technique sessions and things like that and and even on in vacation when we go out in july and we'd be out on the grass at the at some condos and we'd be running sprints or running drills with bags and and so we were always doing something football um that was it was fun for him and, and fun for us and something that we needed to to keep us going through the summer but there was there'd be some good sessions, you know, some good competition. You get the brothers out there, and yeah. we get battling a little bit, but it was fun.
0: One way to get around the NCAA's coaching time rule is
1: live with a coach. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah that'll That's one way to get around it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, chatting with uh, Dallas Reynolds. We'll take a break when we come back on Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel. We'll talk about BYU Day highlights and then a pro career that followed those days and then uh, getting into coaching life here back at BYU. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel on BYU Radio. More with Dallas Reynolds coming up right after this. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Visiting with former BYU offensive lineman and current BYU graduate assistant coach, Dallas Reynolds. Dallas, you went on your mission right out of high school, right? Yes. Uh, so you played four straight years when you got back. Was that a good thing for you in, in, in a football way, do you think, in any sense?
1: Um... I think so I think for me it was, it was good to get out and, and um to serve first came home I mean when you first get home from your mission it was a struggle getting back into shape and getting you know you you, you remember yourself being able to do certain things that you have to um, take some time getting back in into the swing of things but um again I had I had a, a dad that was a coach and I had an older brother that had been there and was I mean we, we spent hours going through offense and talking through things so I think uh being able to have them accelerated that that process a lot. You
0: committed to one staff and came back to another. Dad was still part of it, but he was a different head coach now. When that transition occurred, what did you know about what was going on, and uh, and how did it feel to come back to a to a, to a new uh, way of doing things?
1: You know, it was all while I was on my mission, so there was there was things that were going on that was kind of delayed um, getting to me, and so um, I, I felt I felt like. I was at that point. I was I was committed to play with my family, you know, and and so wherever whatever happened with with pops or, or or my older brother Lance, I was I wanted to be with them and and play with them and and so, you know, when I came home and they were there, that's that's where I knew I wanted to go. So, you know, um, the offensive line coach changed, and I was able to learn a little bit about him. Um, you know, Coach Grimes. Yeah. And, because when I when I signed one of my mission, it was actually my dad that was the line coach, and so I knew him pretty well. But um, Coach Grimes was a great guy, and and I was excited. Things that I heard from Lance and things that I heard from from Pops, um, I was I was excited to to be to be at BYU when I came home.
0: And you were now playing for Bronco too. Now Bronco Menhold was your yes. head coach.
1: Yes. So that changed as well. And and uh, you know I knew him, I I I'd, I'd, I'd known about him, but um, you know when I came home, it was it wasn't. Um you know it was it was an easy transition.
0: You played the four straight years and in those four years BYU played 51 games, a 12 game season and then 3 13 game seasons and you started all 51 games, right? Yeah. And I, I, that's I hope people can kind of just settle into that for a second that's an amazing thing, first of all, from the health standpoint, where you play in the trenches to never have a game you 'd have to miss, but then to come in as a true freshman and do it for for four straight years, do you look at that and say man that's that's yeah I, I'm, I'm happy I was able to do that
1: oh I was and you know being able being able to contribute to the team and and do all that i could um, you know i i I felt like i through through any injury I felt like I wanted to play through it I wanted to be there I wanted to be a part of it I wanted to be on the field with my guys and and uh so I mean there were some injuries here and there that you have to battle through and some off-season surgeries that you have to deal with but um you know the being able to know uh, and be on the field with your guys is going to push you um to get healthy and, and get on the field
0: at a certain point did you look at your continuity as a streak of some sort and did you ever think of man, if if I've gone this far like I want to keep this thing going?
1: You know not really. I didn't really think about it till um really till the till the end when you know you, you realize that you you started that many games and and I think Matt Matt reminds me a lot cuz I think he actually he actually has one more start over me so he reminds me of that quite <laughs> often but um no I, I don't think I didn't really pay attention or keep track of that throughout my playing days, but I think at the end you kind of realize how cool it was that uh, I was able to accomplish that.
0: Did you always want to take it to the next level, NFL wise?
1: Yeah, I did. You know, even as a little kid, you you always thought about playing there, and and I don't think I fully realized that it was a possibility till you know a couple years in at BYU or um, when you you start realizing that hey, this this is possible, this is this is a this could be a reality, and um. You know, I wish I wish I would have realized that a little earlier. Um, I think, you know, like I said, I, it was always a dream, but um, I, I felt like, you know, after my sophomore year, I felt like that was something that I could really accomplish, and I really, I really pushed for.
0: Before we hit your <laughs> NFL career, what do you look back on of your BYU days and 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 list as
1: maybe a highlight or two that will always stay with you? Shoot, highlight highlights for me were just. Uh, you know the big games that that we were able to to win um and some that we we didn't but you know the the couple of those Utah games um that that came down to the wire that were for conference championships and they were big games and and we stuck with it and and to be on the field with those guys and to to, to feel that together was was something that I always always remember and always feel and you see highlights on TV here and there and you still get you still get goosebumps you still get um feelings that come back of when you were on the field at that moment. So those things I'll always cherish.
0: You were an undrafted free agent. Yeah. and then ended up uh, with a seven-year NFL career with the Eagles from 2009 through 2013, and then your final seasons until 2015 with the Giants, right? Yeah. Six years, seven seasons, and of those years, to stay on either a 53 or a practice squad in any, in any mm-hmm. NFL organization is not an easy thing to do. And coming in as undrafted, might you might say that it's, it's harder to do. How'd you do it?
1: Hard work, I mean, and, and belief that Something would would turn out, and I had a great agent that um, that, that kept me um, hopeful and and positive, and um, family as well. But you know, you go you get out there, and as a as a undrafted free agent, you don't get a lot of money up front, and so you're trying to make ends meet. And um, so there's there was some time that I was out in Philadelphia, and my wife was back in Utah, and and she was pregnant, and so. So there was you fly her out, and so you end up losing some money in the beginning, and then um, it, it was hard. And uh, I'm not gonna say it was easy. Um, and then there's there's the game of going through training camp, and you're not sure where you stand, and you're just trying to work, and you're moving up and back and forth on the depth chart. And and I remember the that first training camp, getting the phone call that I was being released, and I went home. I was home for about three weeks, and then I was called back up in, into Philadelphia on the practice squad. And I look back at it, and it was really hard those those few weeks. Um, but I, I look back at it now, and it was a huge blessing. I was able to come back home. My wife was was here. Um, we were able to have our first child here with with the doctors that she had met with, and and things just worked out perfectly. And um, you know, God had a plan for me and and our family, and it, it worked out just just. I couldn't ask for it to work out any better and went back to philadelphia and had a great time there um you know was on practice squad a few years and so you have to continue to work yeah um and you never know with practice squad you never know day to day really um if you're if you're going to be there or not and so you're always trying to do the best that you can you're always being watched you know you're you're trying to be in the facility as much as you can and and finally got my got my shot and made the 53 and um had some good years there and some great years in in New York, and I loved. We loved every minute being out there and with those teams, and learned a lot. And uh, I wouldn't have traded for anything.
0: In your Eagles days, friend of your father, friend of the program, former Cougar Andy Reid was a big part of your life at that point.
1: Oh yeah, he was huge, and major reason why um, I went there was just a a, a familiar face, I mm-hmm. guess. And you know, there was um, a couple of people on the roster that I had knew mm-hmm. um, or heard of, so. Um, it w- it was a big deal, and I think there was some comfort getting out there and and seeing someone that I know I know and and uh, comfort with. When it was time for it to end, uh, how did it end for you? Um, I came back home um, after the 2015 season, and I started training uh, every year in the off season. I come back to BYU and train with 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 Justin and uh, McClure, one of the strength staff coaches, and he was awesome. And um, you know, I trained for a few months and and i just i just felt i just felt like there was something different you know the um for me personally there was there was some things that i just knew it wasn't the same uh, as the previous years and I, I just felt um like there it was time to to move on and and the family was in a spot where uh they were they're were okay with it and good with it and and so we we decided together that it was time to to move on and i we spent um we spent some time together and, and being able to do some fun things together as a family. And, and then I was able to, uh, after that year, um, come back to BYU and, and finish my last semester of school and, and graduate.
0: Was the move on
1: always going to be into coaching for you? You know, not, not at first. I, um, I, I, we took a year off, really, uh, after I was done playing that in 2016. And we were just spending time doing some fun things as a family. And that was, my older brother, Lance Jr., um, was going to coach at uh, Pleasant Grove High School, and he he called and just said, hey, you're not doing anything. Why don't you come and help, and we'll have fun doing it this year. And so I did that with him, and I really kind of fell in love with it there, and I really had a good time with him. And uh, then I came back to BYU and finished my last semester, and, and uh, Coach Empey, uh, we, we talked, and he, he asked to come out and help as a student assistant during that spring ball. I did that, and then the graduate assistant job was open. And so it kind of worked out perfectly where I was able to um, apply and get into that. And it just, you know, the, the dominoes fell and worked out perfect and was able to jump in, and I've, I've loved it. Um, so never thought it would happen, mm-hmm. but since, since that, that, that first year helping older brother, it, I loved it, and I've, I've, I've loved it now.
0: So now you're a grad assistant coach with the offense, yeah. and the offensive line specifically. BYU's kind of stacked the deck right now. <laughs> Grimes, Pugh, and you—all uh, with the offensive line background. Coach, coach Grimes, the OC, then the true O-line coach Ryan, and then yourself working as mm. well. There's a lot of O-line input right now with this offense.
1: Yeah, I'm, th- th- those those two are great, um, and and I loved I love Coach Grimes when I was a player, and Coach Pugh loved him when he he played for him as well. So you know, we got good stories with with Coach Grimes, but um, you know, I, I love I love it. There's there's different angles, different viewpoints, and. You know, I, I feel like there's there's things that I can add and input, and but I, you know, I'm learning a lot from being on the other end of things, as from a player to a coach, and and why and how we do things, and and uh, so that that's been awesome to be able to learn from those two.
0: Okay, last couple things. Uh, how is school life going for you? Because you do have to be a student while you're also a coach, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll want to name your your wife and and kids, and and let us know how family life is.
1: School life, it's uh, a lot harder than I than I thought it would be. Trying to balance out really a, you're you're working so many hours through the day trying to get things done for a game and, and preparation and, and then to be able to go to class and do the, the homework that's assigned it's it's been that's probably been one of the more difficult things um to do is is manage football with school you know it was a little easier as a player you had a little bit more time and um this is this, that's been a huge um a huge adjustment so I'm working on it. <laughs> hanging in it's there. Called, I'm hanging in there. You know, I, I, I'm not out of it yet, but, no, it's, it's, it's been good. I've learned a lot, but um, that's probably been more, more of the difficult part of, of doing it is trying to, uh, to balance those two. And then who's in your family right now? I have uh, my wife, Suzanne. Um, we got married um, back when I was a player here my, after, before my junior year, and we have two kids. Uh, my oldest girl uh, will turn nine next week, Sheree. And uh, my boy Dallas Jr., uh, who is five, so he'll turn six in October.
0: So the junior tradition is going strong in the yes. whole family.
1: Yes. So there's there's a few juniors and, and even a third. So uh, you know it stays strong.
0: Well, it was fun having you in uh, to chat. Uh, congratulations again on the Wisconsin win. Thank Best you. of luck in getting to 3-1 and one this weekend. And uh, always enjoy seeing you on the field. Dallas, thanks for coming
1: in. Thank you. appreciate it. All
0: right. That is Dallas Reynolds. Coming up next, our offensive line night continues. It'll be our Catching Up with the Cougars segment brought to you by BYU alumni as I visit with former Cougar and NFLer John Tate. That is next. This is Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel on BYU Radio. Back after this. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is time now for our Catching Up with the Cougars segment, brought to you by BYU Alumni. Want to help BYU students but don't know how? You can with BYU Alumni Chapters. Find the chapter that fits you at alumni.byu.edu. chapters Over the last 30 years of BYU football, only Ziggy Ansah has been picked higher in the NFL draft than my next guest. And he is former BYU offensive lineman and left tackle John Tate. John came to BYU from Tempe, Arizona, and McClintock High School following a redshirt season. In his first year on campus, he started all 38 games he played over his freshman, sophomore, and junior years before entering the NFL draft after his junior campaign. In the 1999 draft, he was picked in the first round, 14th overall by the Kansas City Chiefs. He then played 10 seasons in the NFL, five with the Chiefs and five more with the Chicago Bears, with whom he played in Super Bowl 41. A Bears nominee for the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, John has served during and after his NFL career in multiple community endeavors. In 2012, he was recognized with induction into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. John Tate joins me now behind the mic. John, thanks for joining me
2: and coming in. Uh, well, thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. So, uh, where are you these days? First up, um, I live in Northern California, about thirty minutes east of uh, San Francisco.
0: So, does that put you uh, in the Moraga vicinity, or where is that? Put yeah,
2: you? no, exactly. So, I live in a town called Lafayette, which is real close. Orinda, Lafayette, Moraga—they're all yeah. kind of
0: yeah, I, right I, there. Yeah, I see all the Lafayette signs when I'm coming into Moraga for those St. Mary's basketball games. Have you ever been to a BYU St. Mary's game, by the way?
2: No, I haven't, but I've, I've thought about doing it uh, because St. Mary's is so close to my house. But uh, yeah, I need to do that. I hope you do one of
0: these years. Come out to one of the games. I uh, would love to see you there. Well, let's uh, let's get a little bit uh, to uh, your story, which I, I've always found interesting because you had a lot of attention. Uh, coming out of high school, and uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure that BYU was always going to be a done deal for you. Uh, ASU was right in your backyard. I think your folks wanted you to maybe go there. Um, you committed early to BYU, but there was a process involved that involved a lot of different teams. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah. Well, um, so I kind of had a little bit of a different uh, track, I guess. I went to BYU's uh, football camp uh, before my junior year of high school um all the coaches thought I was going to be a senior when they realized I was only going to be a junior they started recruiting me kind of like a senior immediately and got to know a lot of the coaches especially Claude Bassett and some of the other guys um Claude had a connection to Arizona um and I was from Arizona um I actually kind of did this thing where I went into Lavelle and I kind of secretly committed to (laughs) him but at the same time told him that I'd be taking all my trips and stuff and so um it was kind of an insurance policy, I guess, in case I got hurt my senior year of high school. But uh, yeah, I was always going to BYU, even though I took all the trips to like UCLA and so, Arizona State and stuff like that. Yeah, so much to the chagrin of my dad. He really <laughs> wanted me to
0: be a sun devil. Uh, why, why was BYU going to be the right place for you? Do you think?
2: Oh uh, well, I I kind of made up my mind I was going to go on a mission, and I felt you know socially it'd probably be the best place for me to to fit in uh, all the schools that I took visits to and who recruited me though they they were open to letting me go on my mission and come back um I just uh yeah I just felt like BYU was the place to go
0: did, did, did any schools uh, drop off uh of your radar did they say yeah, the mission thing doesn't work for us
2: um yeah a couple I want to say like Nebraska Notre Dame there was a couple schools that kind of said yeah that's all right if you come." come here. We need you to not leave and everything. But but I was surprised at the number of teams that said, you know, we've never done this before, but we're willing to try. You know, teams work for BYU. So, um, you know, that was kind of flattering. Teams were willing to maybe give me a chance to do it if I wanted to.
0: Your plan was always going to be come in, play for a year and then go. Is that right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I kind of I showed up um, like right after I graduated. I came up this summer before my my redshirt year. And I worked out with the guys. Um, Mike Empey, uh, was kind of leading the, the offensive line. Then we had, um, Evan Pilgrim and, uh, uh Was Eli uh, still there? Was who? Eli Herring. Was he part of the mix? Yeah. Here? Eli was there. And, yep. um, uh, Richards was the center and just some really great guys that kind of took me in, let me work out with them. And as, uh, as gung ho as I was to try to crack into the starting lineup, it wasn't in the cards and, Coach French thought it would be a good idea to redshirt me. Did you have opposition um, to that, or could you see it? Um, I could kind of see it coming. I mean, look, the jump from high school to college for some guys is tough. It was tough for me. Um, and, um, you know, I think even because I was going on a mission, I think the coaches especially were like, well, there's really no point in, in playing him if he's going to leave for two years because we already have some really good offensive linemen. You know, it wasn't like it was a huge need for him. So, um Yeah.
0: So after your mission puts you in the 1996 season, your first season back, and first game of that first season was one that got tacked on, I think kind of late in the game. It was the Texas uh, uh, A&M Pigskin Classic game, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was. So I I got back from my mission uh, right before Christmas of 95. I think I was home for about 10 days, and then I headed up to BYU to start working out, get ready for spring ball. Um, The big thing when I got back was – you know, nobody had ever really gone on a mission and come back and started at left tackle. I don't know if that's specifically left tackle or, or maybe there was a couple of other positions on the offensive line, but, um, you know, I took it as a challenge and I kind of, that was my goal was to be the, the starting left tackle. And, you know, um, James Johnson was playing it. He had played it the last couple of years and, um, you know, I'll always be kind of grateful to him because he said, you know, I'll move over, I'll play guard and we can plug John in there. And, it was great playing next to him because he had so much knowledge of the game, and he really taught me a lot. Um, you know, as I was starting my college career.
0: Now you got Steve Sarkeesian in his second and final year at BYU. So your, your, your first year as a redshirt freshman starting at left tackle, you got to play with a guy who had already had a year at BYU. They didn't make it to a bowl season the year before. In fact, that kind of ended a long bowl run, right, for BYU the year before you got back off your mission. Then you got That's to right. play with Steve Sarkeesian. A 15 game season, everyone knows. BYU went 14 and 1. How much of a really uh, positive eye-opener was that, playing with Sark in his senior year, your freshman year?
2: Uh, it's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, you know, Sark... I think he's really kind of um, underrated as far as what kind of a leader he was on that team. He had, you know, he had that team firmly within the palm of his hand. I remember a game after, uh, well, I think it was after we lost to Washington that 96 season. We had uh, New Mexico the next week, and I think we beat them like 13 to three. The offense sputtered and, you know, didn't do well. And the next week of practice, I mean, I think I jumped off, (laughs) I had a false start or something and. You know, he called up the entire offense and just started screaming at us about how we need to do better. I mean, he was like a coach on the field, and, you know, he kind of had a presence where you wanted to play well for him. At least I did, you know, on the offensive line. I didn't want to be the guy that kept him from, you know, making his best plays. But um, there was just so many guys on that team. You know, it's Etul Chad Lewis, and Shane Muirbrook. I mean, there's just a great senior core of leadership. And, you know, I, I was lucky I could keep my mouth shut and just watch and learn.
0: Every BYU fan holds the 1984 season in a certain high regard for obvious reasons, but that 1996 season is right there because BYU did go 14-1 and and ended up playing in a New Year's Day bowl against Kansas State. And that was all happening in your first playing year. It was, uh, there's a lot going on for someone just new to the yeah. game.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like, I remember somebody asking me, you know, they said, hey, you know, it was right before we played in the bowl game. They said, this, you know, you've played 14 games, you have one more to go. I was like, does the season seem long? And I, my answer was kind of like, I don't know any different, you know. It's like I, I went from playing no football for two years and then getting kind of thrown in it. I was just taking it one week at a time. It was and, good. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it was a great experience. I just, um, you know, that season was, was pretty fantastic. Some great games. It
0: was good good training for an NFL career. It kind of felt like an NFL season as long yeah. as it was <laughs> in 96. 97, uh, you get dinged a little bit. You miss a couple of games, right, in your sophomore year?
2: Uh, yeah, I did. I, you said I started every game. That was, that's a little off. I think I missed well, two games with the torn hamstring. Every and, game you uh, my, played, though, myself. you started. As I'm
0: saying, you, you played,
2: I think... Oh, three, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Yeah. You did miss two. Uh, they, they played 11 that year. You got nine of the 11, right?
2: Uh, I think so. I think that's right.
0: And, and then in 98, another longer season, 14 games, you start and play all of those. And... Um, <sighs> Before I get to, to what comes next, of those three years you played at BYU, 14-1 and one obviously is, is special for its own reason. Did anything else jump out at you and, and something that maybe is underrated in terms of what might
2: be a memory for you? Um, I mean, making making all whack after my sophomore year was pretty fun um, to, to get that kind of acknowledgement. I think it was me and Omar Morgan. Uh, and, uh, you know, that was cool. I think it was cool to um, – uh just to 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 playing games you know against arizona state you know we played at their place they played at our place we we beat them both times that was a lot of fun you know because you know i lived like five minutes from their campus and kind of grew up an arizona state fan Mm -hmm. um yeah just uh just having moments where uh you know i mean that's my favorite thing about the game is you know in, in the nfl as well but you know there's times where you're standing there it's a tv timeout or you know you're waiting for the play to come in and and you're just kind of looking at those faces in the huddle and, and, and thinking about the guys that you play with and you know you have, they're you're you're going off to battle and you want to fight for them you know they're going to fight for you it's a it's a powerful feeling when you got you know 11 guys all on the same page and and you're all working you know towards the same goal in our first half hour
0: tonight, I was with uh, Dallas Reynolds, and uh, Dallas. Oh yeah, yeah. He started. He started every game that he played at BYU, and he and he was all over the line. He was he was a starting left tackle, a starting right tackle, a starting guard, a starting center. And, and you were the specialist. You were a left tackle from the get go. I don't know if you ever played another game at a, at a position other than left tackle in your entire career. Am I right about that?
2: Yeah. No, I I never did. Um, it was. I remember one time, uh, <laughs> uh, Coach. Uh, coach French I was t- com- I was uh communicating with him when I was on my mission and he had t- thrown out the idea of he said hey uh what about center you want to come back and play center <laughs> And I remember thinking, oh, man, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, kind of got word back to him that I wasn't super comfortable with that and I'd like to stay a tackle. And so it all worked out. But, yeah, it yeah, kind of worked think, out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Briefly, you know, maybe the center position, but uh, I, I don't think that would have turned out too well.
0: So what was the decider for you uh, to, to leave BYU after your junior season?
2: Um, Well, I uh, I think it was just, you know, we kind of heard some chatter from people about, um, you know, they have these like draft watch lists and, you know, people who say who's the best classmen and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I was just, I think, you know, getting word from people who are credible sources that I, I might be able to go and, you know, be a first rounder. I think that was the goal because you know, I didn't want to leave early unless I was gonna have that opportunity. And, um, you know, we just did our homework. I, I focused, you know, especially on the season. I mean, you have to play well in order <laughs> for all that to work. And, you know, as long as I did that, I knew other pieces would fall into place. And, um, you know, I had the right kind of people like my folks kind of filtering agents and stuff like that. So it um, allowed me to, you know, focus on school and, and ball, and it all worked out good in the end.
0: And you were, by that time, six years out of high school. You had a redshirt year and a mission and three playing years. So so you were you were pretty well developed and ready to play.
2: Yeah. So even though I left as a junior, I was still a year older than guys who were kind of my same – Uh, Class. Right.
0: Coming up after the break, John Tate becomes a high first-round NFL draft pick and begins his NFL career in Kansas City. As we continue behind the mic, brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Back with more from John Tate right after this.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Mic,
0: brought to you by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Here's your host, Craig Rubel offensive line night tonight. We had Dallas Reynolds in the first half hour. John Tate here in a half hour number two. And before the break, uh, John was getting ready for the NFL draft, leaving BYU as a junior. Was a first-round, 14th overall pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. And for some reason, John, I think back to my days. At the time, I was hosting a uh, a nightly sports talk show for KSL in Salt Lake City. And the story at the time became quickly... uh, uh quote unquote the holdout uh you didn't join the chiefs immediately and uh, refresh my memory on how that all went down uh before how you began your nfl career oh
2: <laughs> not uh, not ideal i had a really long holdout um so when we got dra- when i got drafted on draft day um uh it's kind of a little bit of an education cuz you never you know you just watch it on espn and they call the name and guys are smiling and they stand up and they you know go up <laughs> i didn't get invited to the draft but so I was sitting at home, you know, waiting with agents and family and the phone rings, you know, and uh actually the phone rang a couple times with teams earlier who, you know, they were thinking about thinking about it and then they change their mind and they end up saying, you know, sorry, we're not gonna take you. So it was a little bit of a roller coaster that way. But when the Chiefs finally called and uh it looked like it was they were gonna be the ones, they were they were trying to talking numbers on the phone with my agents and they were getting upset because you know the time is ticking down on the clock and you know they're trying to kind of get this agreement on on specs of the deal and it was it was just a big mess so right from the start it was it was pretty tense and then you know just there was just little things that we kind of saw as disrespectful um going to mini camp you know they didn't offer me Offered to buy me any insurance as a first-round pick and not being signed, whereas I, I think, you know, about 90% of the other first-round picks were able to get that from their teams. And, yeah, just kind of a – when they were negotiating with us, it was kind of a we're going to crush you kind of a attitude. <laughs> like you're going to take this deal no matter what. So it was kind of easy to say no. Um, I had a great agent who I'm great friends with to this day, and he's an incredibly moral guy. And he just said, you know, John, he's like, you're smart. And when we explained to you how this deal works out, you're, you know, if you want to go, that's fine. But it's it's not right. And that was correct, because, um, you know, they were trying to do a lot of things like roster bonuses and which is what they do is they take a big chunk of money from your signing bonus. They chop it up into 16 roster bonuses. And if you make the playing roster on that week, you get that chunk of money. Well, if you hurt yourself in practice, you know, there's a lot of things that, that are not in your control which would then put them in a position to take money from you for no reason. So that was kind of the, that was the, that was the problem for me. And they had done it to other guys and other contracts as well. And so I saw it as, Hey, maybe if I can stand up to him, we can set a new precedent and the next first rounder won't have to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And he can say, Hey, I want to deal with John Gott.
0: So So. football became a business in a hurry for you.
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's uh, it's funny. I mean, um, you know, look, the the NFL, as much as the NFL teams want to preach about family and, you know, we look after each other and we care about each other, it's pretty cutthroat, the amount of money that's involved. I mean, that's what's any business, right? It's uh, um, the NFL, not for long. That's what it <laughs> stands for. So, uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting experience. And it, it, it was too bad, you know, I finally, well, I mean, I had this big blow up where we went in, we were supposed to get signed, and I was going to be in camp for the last preseason game, and then... Things broke down, and I don't know if people remember we had a meeting with the g m and there was a big screaming match, and we left, mm-hmm. which was a apparently got a ton of media exposure and uh, so i didn't actually didn't come to the chiefs until right before i think the first game it was like a Thursday before the first game. I was inactive for four weeks and then um, uh, once I was active i started i played in twelve games and i started three of them because of injury there's a guy named glenn parker who was a starting left tackle yeah and uh yeah that was how my first year went but it was it was tough it just i was never i never trusted the front office i never you know it was like i i just i hated him because of how i was treated as a rookie and that was one of the main and it was funny because when i re-upped or when i was going to be a free agent um you know i i gave him we gave him an uh, an offer that was what we thought was very fair and they turned it down, pretty quick. And then their counteroffer was pretty insulting. But, uh, <laughs> but to their um, kind of, t- to be fair to them, I mean, I was technically the fifth best offensive lineman out of five. I mean, that Kansas City offensive line was unreal. You could make an argument. There's three Hall of Famers on that. Two of them already. But Brian Waters, you, you could make an argument for that. So you know, I was. I could see where they were coming from, but. Um. You know then they transition tagged me, and um, I was actually able to get uh, a way better deal <laughs> from the Bears, so right. i don 't know if it backfired on them, but I would have loved to stay in Kansas City. I really loved the team and the fans, but you know it was time to move on and went to Chicago after that
0: first season where you started three of twelve, you then started one hundred and thirty six of the next one hundred and thirty six games you played over nine more NFL seasons ten year career five in k c five with the Bears, Super Bowl appearance in there when it uh when it ended for you was it purely health related at that time were you saying quality of life is that how it ended for you
2: uh it wasn't a physical thing i'd say it's it was more of an emotional and a mental thing hmm. i just i was done hmm. you know i could have i could have eked out two more years and and kind of you know hung on but i i kind of saw a window where i could exit on my own terms and i just i took it so, you know, they it was kind of getting towards the end where it was like, hey, John, you know, you've played left tackle for us. We've flipped you and played right. You know, we'd like to maybe, you know, keep you on for a few more years. Um, and, you know, if you're not basically it's like if you can't win the starting job, you'll be our swing tackle. You'll be our guy who can can come in and play both sides. And I, I was not going to do that every time I've had to flip from left to right and back again. It's just been the hardest thing for me. Some guys, they make it look so easy. I'm hmm. so jealous. But it really was a challenge for me whenever I had to flip sides. So I just saw it as like, you know, I this isn't I, – I already have more money than, you know, I'll ever know what to do with. What's the point? And, you know, also your health. You know, I didn't have any major, you know, knee replacements or ACLs or anything. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was a good time to walk away.
0: How much do you still keep tabs on BYU football, and if so, how uh, happy were you for what the guys did in Madison this past weekend?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I it was great. I I've watched their first three games. I think that uh, Wisconsin game—that's one of the best wins in you know football program history. I think it's that was a huge, huge game on the road. You know, I played with Kalani. I'm I'm friends with him. I'm really excited to see him at BYU being the coach. I think he's the right guy for the job. Um, you know, I just hope uh, hope they can keep it keep it going but uh it seems like they're going in the right direction. Just wish they could have beat Cal. That would yeah. be great, you know, 3-0 right now.
0: <laughs> great to be. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah, you know, maybe the Cal game kind of uh, you know, caused what happened this past weekend. Who knows. But uh <laughs> uh you told us where you're living, uh, how big's your family and and what are you doing these days just to kind of stay uh, stay occupied?
2: Um I got four kids. Um oldest is 13. I got a 9-year-old, 7-year-old and uh my youngest is going to be 4 next week. So they keep me busy. Um after the Bears I actually went back to film school in Chicago. Uh, I got a degree in documentary film and video, and that's kind of what I do to keep busy now. I just do kind of freelance stuff and, um, you know, shoot gigs here and there, make videos for my kids' school and nonprofits, stuff like that. It's awesome. I I understand
0: you won a couple of awards uh, while a student in that endeavor, and that's cool. And you majored in communications uh, back at BYU, if I recall correctly, and so it's all kind of part of the mix. Well, I'm glad we were able to catch up tonight uh, with you, John. Uh, and, and again, we made it an O-line night tonight with, uh, with you in Dallas. And uh, I hope Cougar Nation enjoyed hearing from you. Uh, good to hear that you're happy and uh, living a good life out in California. And like I said, I want to see one of those BYU-St. Mary's basketball games one of these years.
2: It'll be fun to see you again. Okay, sounds good. I'll come up and say hi. Thanks, John. All right, Greg, take it easy.
0: All right, that's John Tay. John was my guest in tonight's Catching Up with the Cougar segment brought to you by BYU Alumni. BYU Alumni Chapters helping students in need and spread the influence of the Y around the world. Stay connected for good and find your chapter at alumni.byu.edu/slash chapters. We're back after this to wrap up tonight's show. Rejoin us after this. Well, folks, that will do it for Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel on this Wednesday, September 19th. My thanks to my guests this evening, both former BYU offensive linemen, the current GA coach, Dallas Reynolds, and the former first-round NFL draft pick, John Tate. On next week's show, scheduled our BYU hoopster TJ Haas as basketball starts practice next week officially. And we'll also have former BYU football player and grad assistant coach, uh, Jan Jorgensen, who's coaching out in California these days. Those are our guests next week, TJ and Jan. My thanks to coordinating producer Terry South with assistance from Sean O'Neill. Thanks as well to BYU Radio General Manager Don Shaline and intern Aaron Fitzner. For all of them, I'm Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in and joining me behind the mic. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU Radio. Good night.